Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast, where we unpack sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. I'm Bryce Johnson, president of Unpacking It Ministries, a ministry for sports fans. The podcast is a part of our ministry, but we also have some really exciting events. We've got small groups and we've got our weekday email devotional that you can sign up to receive in your inbox. Just go to unpackingit.com slash subscribe. And basically, we take a current sports story and relate it to the Bible. And and hopefully, it's something that is encouraging, challenging, and inspiring to you each day. But here on the podcast, we've got a fun interview for you today. He's on ESPN. His name is Marcus Spears. And specifically, he's on the SEC Network but but Marcus, man, he he's just a really cool guy and and had some some really neat things to share personally and in regards to his faith. Uh, then we also talk football. And so I think you'll really enjoy this. Stick around at the end of the show. I, I want to talk about one thing in particular that really stood out to me that, that he brought up during the interview. And, and so I'll unpack that a little bit further. Uh, you can also listen to the other podcasts uh, either on our website or in iTunes or whatever podcast player that you enjoy listening on. And and always check out the, the two-minute podcast, uh, which is a, kind of a sample of Unpack This that, that we do each day through email. That's kind of the audio version. So, so definitely check that out as well. But right now, let's jump into our interview. Our guest today played nine seasons in the NFL as a defensive end with the Cowboys and the Ravens. He was a first-round draft pick in 2005 after a great college career at LSU where he won a national championship. He is now a college football analyst for the SEC Network and ESPN, appearing on SEC Nation and Thinking Out Loud. He's a husband and a father of three. Marcus Spears joins us now on Unpacking It to talk football, faith, and life. Marcus, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. How are you? Bryce, I'm doing well, man. How are you? Thank you for having me. Uh, excited to uh, have a great conversation with you today, man. Man, well, I'm, I'm fired up. And, and actually, we're both in Charlotte, even though we're, we're talking on the phone today. How'd you, how'd you survive the, uh, the winter storm this week? Oh, man, we stayed in. I went out and had a, a snow day with my kids a couple of days ago. Uh, we went crazy in the backyard, tried to build a makeshift <laughs> snowman, but had no no idea how to get it going because we, we really, uh, Texas folks, yep. we don't experience snow much. So, uh, But just enjoyed it, man. Family time, obviously, after football season. That's really what it's all about um, for me. And uh, so just had, had a good time. Stayed in, eating. Me and my wife, we are on a keto diet now. Ooh. So. It's been um, being indoors has helped us because we had nothing to do but read and try to figure out how to best keep going with the uh, keto diet and uh, just hanging out with the kids, man. That's it. That that's awesome. Well, so what is this diet all about? How, how'd you find that? So so basically, keto is a uh, uh, Tim Tebow actually okay. has been doing a keto diet for a long time, and when we were together on Nation. Um, you know, I've watched them over time, and uh, it, it's a high-fat diet, which is crazy, which huh. for for a fat dude like me, you would think <laughs> that you need to cut the fat in order to lose weight. But what, what happens is you go into what's called a state of ketosis, 
And basically your body transfers from using, you cut carbohydrates, you cut sugar, you go car, you get your carbohydrates from vegetables as opposed to bread, uh, anything that's sugar. So basically what happens is when your body uh, switches over into ketosis, it starts to use fat to burn fuel for your hmm. body. So in turn, you start burning fat instead of burning the carbohydrates, the energy that we get from glucose and stuff like that. It's a, it's a real, um, it's been going on forever. Wow. I just discovered it and, uh, start doing it. Um, Tim has been doing it for a while and I hadn't, I didn't really talk to him about it. I started researching it a little bit. He, uh, you know, told me about this bulletproof coffee that he drinks in the morning. So that's yeah. become a staple in our house. And and it's awesome. Is it? I mean, I've, I've lost probably 15 pounds. Oh, wow. And that's in a, that's in a two and a half week period or so. So, uh, it, it's a great thing. You got to get through what you got to get through on mostly any diet, being fatigued. You don't feel, you know, you little drab because your body is transitioning from having all of that sugar. But now we're to the energy part of it, and it's it's wonderful, man. Man, that's fascinating. Very very cool. Yeah, appreciate yeah. appreciate you sharing yeah. about that. that. That's neat. Mar- Marcus Spears is our guest right now on Unpacking It, and and it's been a, a couple of weeks since the the incredible national championship game. But but as you look back at the the entire year in college football and and the playoff, how will you remember the the 2017 season? I, I thought it was a great year, man. And I thought it was a great year from a parity standpoint. I thought it was one of those years where you, you really didn't, you really didn't know what the end was going to look like. Yeah. Um, Alabama wasn't just the outright favorite. Clemson was really good, but you saw some things about their team that they wouldn't, uh, that if, if the game happened this type of way, they probably wouldn't have a lot of success. Georgia, Cinderella story, a bunch of seniors coming back. Kirby Smart in his second year. And you look at what Lincoln Riley did at Oklahoma, the Baker Mayfield roller coaster ride. Um, it, it was just a tremendous year. You look across every conference, the resurgence of Miami and the success that Mark Rick had there. It, it was just a great year. Scott Frost, yeah, you at UCF claiming their own national championship. <laughs> I, I, I just thought the storylines, the, uh, the, the great stories, you know, the, the things that happened throughout this year was magnificent. The, uh, the, 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 the blind kid at USC and his yeah. story and how his perseverance, uh, was, was, was so inspiring and, and motivating to people. I, I just thought it was one of those years, but it's sports, right? It's college football sports. And every year we're going to have those tear jerkers, those happy times, those low moments. Um, it, it just, just a great year, man. It, it really was. And, and what a, what a finish. I mean, think about it. We're, we're only 19 days into <laughs> January and, and we already saw an incredible national championship game. And then of course the, the Minnesota miracle last week, uh, in, in the NFL yeah. playoffs. But, but what do you think on that final play, uh, of the national championship when, when Tua made that, that pass and, and, and it ended that way? Well, you know, the the play before that, he took a sack for about a 16-yard loss. Oh, yeah. And I, I said that, in my mind, I was thinking, that's the problem with the inexperience. Now, I mean, we all knew 2A was talented enough. And we I've seen him in practice. We've seen him. You know, coaches have talked a little bit about if he may get an opportunity in some big games. But um, 
So it went from that low to that high, right? Yeah. And then the adjustment that Nick Saban makes puts a freshman quarterback in in the second half down 13 nothing. And we ha- we keep having this conversation about is he the greatest ever? Mm-hmm. I think if there's any definition of that, it was the the decision to go with Tua and the fact that he had the confidence to uh, go with a freshman and they came back and won the game. But that last play um, for Georgia was was very – I was disheartened because I'm a defensive guy. Oh, yeah. And it was covered too, and I don't know what the safety was doing in the middle of the field when you got two high safeties in the back end. Like, give the play, make the receiver make a play. Don't make it that easy um, for him. And so it was that part of it for me. And then it was the look at what just happened. Like, <laughs> after I didn't think a game would get any better than Georgia, Oklahoma the week prior. True. I thought that True. was going to be the, I thought that was going to be the pinnacle of, this football season as far as games and then that happens with two sec schools playing in it two coaches that had been together for so long so much talent on the football field and a freshman quarterback and a freshman receiver makes the play at the end of the game to win the game and that's the thing you look at nick saban and alabama and another thing that jumped out to me there were four freshmen in key positions in the national championship your left tackle, Alex Leatherwood. You had the, Devontae Smith who made the catch. You had Najee Harris in the, at the back position. And the most important position in football, you had a freshman at the quarterback spot. And they were able to get a W. So the future is bright at Alabama, but also at Georgia as well. Kirby's doing a tremendous job. Um, I don't think people expected Georgia to be there. Once I saw them play a couple times, I thought they were one. I thought they were the most complete team in football, yeah. in college football this year. Um, so it's just exciting going into next year. But when I saw that last play, I was just so brokenhearted for Georgia uh-huh. and that and the safety Dominic Sanders because he's had a tremendous career at Georgia. He's the all-time leader in interceptions. It was just one of those plays where you're probably thinking you're gonna try to make a play pre-snap wise, and you end up giving up a big one. Oh yeah, from that perspective, it was devastating, and then on the other side, it was so thrilling, and that's that's what makes those plays so so special. (laughs) Marcus Spears, our guest right now on Unpacking It, he's a college football analyst for the SEC Network, and and was a NFL defensive end for for nine seasons, and and so following your playing career in the NFL, you jumped into TV, and and you cover college football, so. Why did you decide to go the TV route? And, and specifically, why did you pick analyzing college instead of the NFL? You know, I think for me, it was a natural progression. And by default, I probably had already been working on television before I retired from the Cowboys because I was one of those guys that, you know, I made a conscious effort to make sure that I was always available excuse me, to the media. I made sure that I did stuff in the off season. I, I remember uh, in college, um, a guy by the name of Dr. Tommy Karam, who kind of is over the media, getting guys ready when there's going to be a lot of media coming at him. Mm. And he told me, he said, look, the television is your way of talking to your fan. Yeah. And that always stuck with me. Um, all throughout my career in Dallas. And then when I get to Dallas, our PR guy, media guy, Rich Dalrymple, was instrumental in making sure that um, I understood what was going on. And uh, it it, it was just one of those things where I felt like 
it was a natural progression. I was always outspoken. I, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to do something that I felt like I can make an impact. Yeah. And I didn't think, um, I didn't think the NFL that I could make the type of impact that I make on college, uh, because you have young men who are impressionable and it's important for me, um, not only in television, we get a lot of time hands on, I'm on these campuses. I get to go to practice. I get to uh, sit down and have talks with these guys. I thought that in that arena, I could give them some, some game per se, some knowledge about just life, not just football life. And, you know, you deal with a lot of these athletes, especially in the Southeastern conference, that's going to have an opportunity to go play in the NFL. So I think it's important to get those guys before they get to that level and kind of figure out what their perspective are, share your stories with them and let them know the things that you went through, the fires to stay away from, um, some things to look out for when they go forward. But television for me is a way to make an impact and it affords you a lot of opportunities. It gets you in front of a lot of people. And uh, my goal when I, was a part of when I became a part of SEC Network and ESPN. What from a from a sports standpoint was to make people feel like that they were just sitting in the house talking to Marcus and we were breaking down football and having a great conversation. I didn't want to feel like the super buttoned up guy um, <laughs> that you had to you had to have a you have to have a book to figure out what I'm talking about or anything like that. I just always wanted to make sure I was of the people and. I wanted to discuss football and talk about sports and talk about life when that opportunity presented itself like a like the common man that I am, you know. So cool. uh, it, it's been it's been awesome, man. It's been an opportunity for me to branch out to kind of get out of my comfort zone a little bit, and I've enjoyed it thoroughly. Oh, that's great to hear, and and I love watching you and and Tim Tebow and the rest of the guys on on SEC Nation. It really is just a a fun show, a very relaxed show. Thank so, you. Yeah, so I, I, I'm absolutely right there with you on that. But but why did you decide to to go the college football route versus covering the NFL? Yeah. I, I love college football more than the NFL football. Okay, it, okay. It, it's my, I enjoy watching uh, college. I enjoy um, I enjoy the whole atmosphere of college football. I was. I actually got in trouble as a rookie with the Dallas Cowboys. Reporter asked me after my first game in the iconic Texas stadium. (laughs) um, He said, how was your experience? I said, well, it was awesome to put on an NFL uniform. I played for the Dallas Cowboys. That's amazing. But as far as the crowd, it felt a little small. (laughs) And, uh, you know, and and Cowboy uh, Texas stadium held like 70,000. I was used to, Saturday nights in Death Valley with 103. That's right. Um, and, and that atmosphere. And I still, when I'm standing on the sideline at a college football game, there's an emotion and a feeling that runs through my body that I never got standing on the sideline at an NFL game. Man. And obviously the business aspect of it, um, I think, you know, college is kind of, it's, 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 it's transitioned a little bit into a business but it still has those big, big portions of it that's just the last phase of honest, lying down, I'm trying to make it, I'm trying to be the best football element to it that I love. And uh, and then I, I love these kids, man. I, I really do. I, I, I empathize with them. I, I feel what they feel. I see 
how bad they want to make it to the next level and change their family's lives. Mm-hmm. So all of that stuff is a culmination of why I love uh, the game. But the the excitement around a Saturday, especially in the Southeastern Conference, but all over the country, I think is unparalleled to anything that we have in this country uh, when it comes to sports. Man, no, it's a, it's a great perspective, especially from someone who, who played so long in the NFL and experienced that side of things. But, but I still have to ask you, will you watch the, the NFL you know, championship weekend and, and do you still oh, oh, for keep sure. up with it? For okay. sure. I'm not, no, no, I'm not down on the NFL at cool. all. I, cool. I, uh, I, uh, I love, love the NFL. And, you know, my team obviously is the Cowboys and I follow them. We've had some, some up and down moments. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I love, I love the story with Case Keenum and the Minnesota Vikings right now. Yep. I love the fact that Jacksonville has a great defense and they're playing against the best quarterback they ever played in the NFL this weekend. And, and we'll see how that works out. Um, it, it's amazing. Uh, Philly, you look at the, the Eagles and how long and, much they wanted to be back in this position. I played with T.O. the last Philly team that made it to a Super Bowl. So I I just – it's football, the game in itself is going to create excitement and enthusiasm. But you look at the last play with Minnesota and the Saints, like only in football. The the (laughs) high of Diggs scoring the touchdown, the low of the safety, Williams, I think is his last name, missing the tackle and being, being so young and just making that mistake because of experience. So I I think, uh, you know, the NFL is still a beautiful game. Um, I still love it. I, you know, I'm, I'm one that doesn't mind um, athletes being activists. I don't mind them expressing their views. Um, I don't mind them sharing their faith. I like all of the things that, that encompass the NFL, whether I agree with some or whether I disagree uh, with some, I think it's men, it's men, it's men trying to, trying to uh, continue to grow. They have families that they have to take care of. They have, they feel like they have a social responsibility. They have financial responsibility with, with, with foundations and uh, what they give to, they have uh, responsibility to, to the people that their families, how they represent them and how they play the game. So all of those elements, which I've been a, a part of, uh, I still enjoy about the NFL as well. Love it. No, that's great to hear. Marcus Spears, our guest right now on Unpacking It, played nine seasons in the NFL as a defensive end with the Cowboys and the Ravens, and and now is an analyst for the SEC Network and ESPN. And, and Marcus, I, I love talking football with you, but but also know that, that you love Jesus, and, and so we love uh, yes. just talking talking about faith here on, on Unpacking It as well. And, and so I'll just ask you, when and why – did you decide to follow Jesus? A young age, man. Um, you know, I went to Mount Carmel Baptist Church in Baton Rouge, uh, Louisiana, and it was one of those old churches, one of those <laughs> uh, maybe 100 people can get in. The pews were packed. We had um, – it, it was just good old, good old Southern church. And uh, I felt like I've had a transition um, in my life when you, when I, when, how I approach faith and how I think about it now, I think when you're young, especially in the African American community, we go to church and we just do what church people do. Hmm. Right. And we, 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 
we shout when everybody else shouts, and I'm talking about when you're young, and we we uh we we get excited when the music is good, and we don't as we grow, we get baptized at a young age without fully knowing what it means to be uh, cleansed and renewed. And I think uh, for me, as I grew and as as my um, my view expanded, and as I met people who were Muslim, as I met people that were Catholic, as I met people that were Jewish, I, I just start to expand and start thinking about this. And um, from my experience growing up, and I just, you know, when I got older, I said, you know, I just want to follow Jesus. I don't want to deal with all of these things that we're supposed to do mm. um, or, or all of these things that that are that are kind of traditional of what what going to church means and what religion means and what being a Christian Catholic Jew Muslim means. I don't I don't want to follow those things. I just want to follow Jesus. And once I do that, when I as I got older, once I figured that out, it didn't matter where I was. It didn't matter uh, what influence was around me. And I'm gonna tell you, I grew up in South Baton Rouge, and when I when I was drafted and got money, I was living mm. and. Um, I was doing, I was balling out per se, like everybody <laughs> else does and, uh, not respecting, um, and, and not in a degrading way, but not respecting women when it comes to understanding what, like this action that I take, how would that make them feel? How would that change their lives? So my perspective changed, um, when, when I started to follow Jesus and, and really know, um, I'm gonna tell you what it did, Bryce. It's funny. It made me, it made me more, more empathetic to people. Yeah, yeah. It made me not look at people and say, why, um, why are you like this? Now I look at now when somebody does something, um, I have a tendency to say, what about their life made them make that decision? Hmm. Um, and and that's a different perspective as opposed to saying, why would you do that? You know, and I think. I think his grace and mercy on my life, man. Um, you know, those, those times where I've been in situations where it could have been bad or I could have lost my life or anything like that. And, and he had me in his hands. I think that's, that's really why, um, you know, to me now, my whole perspective is uh, I'm a follow Jesus and, and every, everything else that, that, that the world wants to, um, put on us or everything else, these social statuses, these things that we're supposed to do because we're in this position, um, all of that kind of fell by the wayside. And my my wife became more important to me, my family, my children, yeah. making sure that I was taking care of the things that he blessed me with when it comes from my family structure. And, you know, that is the most important thing to me now in life. And I follow Jesus because, you know, I, I my, the old the old me would have said because it's the right thing to do and that's what everybody else did. Hmm. But I really follow Jesus because life is just so much easier when you know you have that source. Amen. Amen. Oh, I love it. Mark, yeah. Marcus Spears yeah, man. Uh, sharing with us today on Unpacking It. And and as you kind of look back, even even in recent years, what have been some of maybe the, the, the key moments or, or seasons of life that have challenged and, yeah. and grown your faith? Uh, I think for me, my first year um, in the NFL was was a season that grew my faith in a major way. And it was because it was 
it was difficult. Um, I worked, I worked hard for four years in college to get a chance to be drafted and I'm training in the off season and I tear my meniscus four days before the combine. Mm. And the combine was going to be my coming out party. You know, this big guy can run fast and jump high. And I was prepared and ready for all of the drills. And then that I, I was practicing one night on the uh, broad jump, landed, and my knee popped. Oh. And uh, and I'm in my mind, I'm thinking, this is it. Like, this is causing, you know, I don't know much about the injury. So this is it. This is going to cause me to not be drafted in the first round. I may not ever be the same player I am because the one thing, the stigma for football players and anybody in sports is once a knee injury happens, especially back in 2005, yeah. it's like I have no idea what's going to happen. Now you get a knee, everybody, you know, they like, you're fine. You'll be back in six months from a torn ACL. Hmm. But at the time, man, I was I was devastated. And my coach, my coach, um, at the time, Reggie Williams was very strong in his faith. He actually was an ordained minister. That's that was my trainer. Oh, right. It's funny how God works. He got a sense of humor. <laughs> and uh, when when that happened, when that happened, um, I was I hid it from him. I didn't tell him. I was like, I'm tired. He asked me why I was lipping. I said, I'm tired, man. I'm you know I, I want to go get some rest and and just kind of chill out. Um, so. I ended up, you know, I was I was devastated, and I I, I asked the question that, that we all asked at some point, God, why? Like I, mm. I'm here, like this is the this is where this is all of the work has put me in this spot uh, to be successful. And I'm gonna be honest with you, I'm not one of those guys that everybody, you know, when I asked God that question, I didn't hear it. It wasn't rolling thunder. Mm. I didn't hear him say anything to me, anything like that. I, you know, and I don't. You know, I'm not judging anybody, but I think sometimes people do that to embellish it. Now, I didn't hear anything. Mm. And uh, I was left to my own thoughts after I said, God, why would you let this happen? Mm. And my own thoughts were, well, what did you do? Uh, why, why, you know, what, why would you continue to work this hard? You knew you were tired. Why you kept jump, doing the broad jump? Why you needed to see if you could get one more foot Um on the broad jump to try to increase your number. Like if you would have just stopped before that happened, you'll be fine right now. Your legs were too tired. These were the things that were going through my mind. Mm -hmm. And um, it's funny, the next morning, um, <laughs> my coach, we, we came in and I, I was still limping and my coach, Reggie Williams at the time, who I'm still very close with today, who was still training athletes. He said, I knew uh, something had happened to your knee last night. He said, I wanted to see if your pride and your ego would allow you to tell me that something happened to your knee. Ooh. And um, it, he, it, it hit me. And honestly, Bryce, through that moment, that was God responding to why God. That's cool. Because I needed to be humbled. Yep. I needed to know. I needed to let people know. Um, I needed to I needed to let people know it was OK to ask me if I was OK. Yep. And I still struggle with that um, up until this point. You know, my wife is like, babe, you got to let other people be there for you. That's right. Um, but I, I've always had that mentality of I, I need to work this out. I need to figure this out. I need to make sure everybody is good. And then I'll get to myself. And it was it was the point of humility for me. And that was God answered to me. So I, I believe that 
Um, I believe that Jesus uh, speaks through the people in your life. I'm a firm believer in that. But my faith is is transition, man. And there's been so many uh, situations and, and instances uh, throughout my career. But my rookie year, um, tearing my meniscus, not uh, being able to compete in the combine, being down and having surgery, and then coming throughout a pro day and still going 20th in the first round um, of the NFL draft and being drafted by the Dallas Cowboys, uh, it, it it proved to me that God was so much bigger uh, than anything that I could fathom. And um, when, when we think it's over or when we think we've, we've done something to take ourselves out of the game, uh, he, he controls the game. <laughs> man, man, what a, what a word. Yeah, man. Marcus Spears yeah, with us here on Unpacking It, and and I love just you know thinking about just how big God is and how he he uses people in our lives and he speaks to yeah. us in in different ways in multiple ways and we can't put him in a box or or just in our own yeah, in our own thinking think that oh God's only going to do it this way um, but he'll, right. he'll he'll show right. us he'll show us what we need uh, if we're if we're looking and 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 willing to submit yeah. to him so. Um, so that's a, yeah. that's a cool thing to hear. Well, well, Marcus, man, I could talk to you all day. I, I just wanted to ask you one, <laughs> one more one more thing um, yeah. uh, about your your wife because I, I just think it's cool. You, you married your college sweetheart, Aisha. She actually yeah. played in the WNBA, which is a, a cool part mm-hmm. of the story too. But what what's something maybe that you've learned about marriage or or just wisdom that yeah. that you share with other married guys that that you've learned yourself? Right. Well, the one funny thing is stay out of their way. That's number one. She, this household is ran the way she wants to run it when it comes from from the kids all the way up until how what kind of uh, furniture we going to sleep on or buy. Um, and, and, you know, a submissive wife doesn't mean you, you, you're an overbearing husband. And I think that's the thing that I've learned more than anything is my wife is my wife submits to me and she, she gives me, um, she gives me the opportunity to, to, to make the decision, but she also has her input. And I think, um, in our marriage, man, because I, you know, I was young and like I said, crazy, I broke up with her a hundred times. We got back together. We got married. We did, we, we, Planned a wedding, called a wedding off, went to the courthouse and got married. Oh. Then did a vow renewal. Then did a vow renewal uh, in Jamaica, which was deemed our real wedding. Um, so we've been through it all. And the one thing, uh, the one thing that always sticks out about my wife to me is her unwavering love for her family. And I think every day I wake up and you know I'm grateful to Jesus and I'm grateful to God that I found a woman that is totally committed uh, to her family. And I look at my kids and the way we move around our house, the way they're loving to people and they accept people when they come over or when they're out in public, that's a reflection of their mother. And uh, she, so, so I've, I've, uh, I've truly married my soulmate. It took me a while to to realize, (laughs) uh, but I married my soul soulmate, man, and her nurturing and love, uh, for not only my kids and but but me and and our family, um, it, it's unbelievable. Um, and she was a she was a superstar athlete. Uh, yeah. She understood that that part of it too. Um, but you know she, she's been she's my bedrock. 
she's my foundation when it comes to um when it comes to my angel uh manifested in the flesh she's Man. that one for me so i look at her every day um like my son right now has a cold or whatever I, we don't think it's the flu but for the past two days she's been in the room making sure that uh he he's doctored up yep. and uh making sure that he's he's fine it's just those small sacrifices she's moved around the country with me um and never complained um has supported me 100 percent. so i could go on and on man we we've That's been me. together uh for 17 years now oh. since 2001 and uh been married 11 it'll be 12 in october and uh i i can honestly say it's better now than it has ever been. Oh, that's cool. uh, so uh, she she's an amazing woman, man. And um, at, at some point, this is it's crazy. At some point, her ministry is gonna touch the world as well. Oh, that's uh, because she has a, she has an amazing amazing story um, in her life. And I think uh, I think it's just she's just got to raise these kids first before she she gets to the point. Or she wants to share that that ministry, man. Wow, wow, man, that's that's inspiring to hear. Yeah. Lo- love love hearing yeah, a husband sir. husband talk about his wife like that. That's that's really really neat. So, man, Marcus, really appreciate you being a part of unpacking it today and just sharing your your heart and your life. And it was fun talking sports as well. And man, keep up the great work on and off TV. And uh, man, it, it was it was a lot of fun. <laughs> Thanks, Bryce. I appreciate you having me, man. Absolutely. Yeah, we'll we'll definitely have to do it again. He's Marcus Spears joining us here on Unpacking It. What a likable guy. Big personality and and just a ton of fun. And I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. And the, the one big takeaway for me is when he was talking about, you know, wondering, okay, why was he going through that injury? What was God doing in his life? What did he need to learn? And the lesson that that kind of bubbled up that, that he realized during that that season of his life was how he needed to let other people in when he was struggling and to admit when, when he was struggling and and to allow other people to ask him if he's okay. And I, I just think that that's such a a wonderful thing to recognize and such a difficult thing for us to do especially as men we're kind of known for this that that we we want to be strong we want to kind of do things in our own strength and and just get after it and just keep going keep grinding instead of allowing people into our lives and into the struggle so that they can walk alongside of us to actually admit hey emotionally i'm struggling spiritually i'm struggling physically I'm struggling, and that's leading to these other issues, and emotional, spiritual. And, and so it's in those moments that it gives another person an opportunity to be compassionate, to serve, to care. And, and it, it reveals the, the friendship or the relationship, and I think it just creates an opportunity for a, a deeper bond with somebody else when you let them in, and then they reciprocate and actually you know dive in and and help and and whether it's listen whether it's encouraging whether it's offering up wisdom meeting you right in that situation that that whatever you're going through they're right there with you and and it's again it's just hard to say hey come on in come on in 
sometimes sometimes if we're the ones on the outside wondering, okay, I wonder if I, I wonder if he needs my help. Sometimes we got to push in. Sometimes sometimes we got to uh, we got to knock down the door a little bit and say, "Hey, listen, buddy, I know you need my help. I know you don't want my help, but I know you need my help." And and of course it's it's with love and it's with grace, but but sometimes we've got to step it up. But at the same time, if we're the one in the pain, let's be a little bit more welcoming so so that our our, fr- our friends and family don't have to uh, to bang down the doors as much. So so good word from Marcus Spears. I hope that that's encouraging to you. I know it is to me. Uh, check out our website, unpackingit.com. If you have any thoughts on today's show or if you want to get in touch with me personally, send me an email, bryce at unpackingit.com. Always love to hear from you. And we'll talk to you next time right here on the Unpacking It podcast.